ESPN 94.1 FM at 8 at 9.30. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Wednesday, September 23rd. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste. Only 96 calories it is, the original light beer. We've got some sad news to start off the program today. Former Chicago Bear star Gail Sayers. I mean, this is one of the all-time greats. Passing away, age of 77. Uh, Known as the Kansas Comet. Voted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1977. He was in the NFL just seven seasons. uh, All with the Bears. He at 34, he was the youngest player ever inducted. So Gail Sayers passing away, age 77. And for a lot of you that are older NFL fans, you know him. And if you, you grew up in the 70s, you know maybe even the 80s, you, you knew him. If you're a Bears fan, of course. And you might know him best from the movie Brian's Song. He was part of that story. So the NFL, of course, a uh, big loss here today. You know, one of the all-time greats in the NFL, passing away at the age of 77. Um, we start with what's happening at Conference USA, and um, another game canceled or at least postponed. The matchup on the 26th between Houston and North Texas canceled. That announcement coming out today. This is what at least was said from Houston we understand this COVID-19 related decision North Texas has made to not play Saturday's game and appreciate the consistent dialogue with our program by UNT. Another one biting the dust. So now I'm looking ahead a little bit here. Will, will North Texas be able to play the following week? Could you see maybe a substitution? They're scheduled to play Southern Miss, I believe. And could you see a substitution? Could the herd fall into a Southern Miss game? I'd love to see Southern Miss back on the schedule. You know, the difficulty would be: would that be a home game? Would that be a road game? How would that play out for the Thundering Herd? And so, nothing is off the table as we speak. Nothing's off the table, honestly. You want to try to get as many games as you possibly can in, and the push here is you don't want to go three weeks before you play a football game. It's okay to have one off week. So the week of September 26th, this week we're in, you're you're scheduling it as an off week. And if you can find out here in the next day or two that, okay, you're going to be playing Southern Miss or you're going to be playing someone else, you, know, you jump on that. So Herd fans, there might be a replacement game for that October 3rd game that Rice was not able to play. That's a possibility here. I'm just speculating at this point. I don't have any insider in, you know, info on that. I really you know, don't have any insight into what's happening over at the Shuey building right now. Or I'm just speculating that, okay, maybe if North Texas can't play a conference game, you've got two open conference games. Marshall's open. You've got another team open. Take advantage of it. Make that schedule work. So that's where we're at right now. Houston's yet to play football. Seriously. 
they have not had luck yet being able to play football. They're going to really be behind when they finally get on the field to play a real game. Other teams are already going to have several weeks of football, actual game play. I mean, the Thundering Herd, for everything that's gone on, still has two games under its belt as a program looking for that next game so you don't have to go three weeks before you play Western Kentucky. Sure, you'd love to have all of that rest and prep time, but at the end of the day, you still need a game. Two weeks, a little too much. Three weeks, awful lot between games. So that's where we're at right now with the conference schedule. We've got basketball action coming up tonight. We've got hockey action coming up tonight as well. The NBA playoffs, we've got game four of the Eastern Conference Finals. The Celtics taking on the Miami Heat. It's going to be on ESPN, 8.30. Miami leading that series two games to one. We're going to have that game for you following the Doc Holiday show, which will take place tonight. It's a little early than usual tonight. It's usually on a Thursday, but we've got it tonight here on a Wednesday. So the Doc Holiday show coming up tonight at its normal time, just a day early, we'll have it right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And then right after that, uh, we'll go into the Celtics Heat broadcast. You won't miss a thing. We won't miss tip. So stick around. You want to catch that tonight. And then for those of you looking for some hockey action, I'm going to be flipping back and forth. Game three, Tampa evens it up against Dallas. So we've got game three coming up tonight of the Stanley Cup final. Series is tied one game apiece. That's going to be on NBC Sports Network tonight. And I'm kind of curious what the ratings are going to be. Ratings haven't been good as of late. It's not because the product is bad. The problem with the ratings here is there's just so much going on. You've got the NFL to compete with. You've got baseball to compete with. You've got the NHL competing with basketball. You've got so many other sports. I mean, we have a – it's feast or famine right now. And for some of us, I got too much. I know that's that's a tough word to say. We got too much sports, but the ratings a bit ratings have been a little tough anyway. But the Stanley Cup playoffs won on NBC Sports Network. The uh, the numbers are better when on NBC, obviously, because more people have access to NBC than NBC Sports Network. But really, the fact that Stanley Cup playoffs should have been over by now, and it's really in a great time because. You're not in football season. You have an opportunity to really maybe catch some attention. Playoffs heat up. I think being in a bubble has helped the NHL. It's a victory. They've been able to pull this off at the same time. I think some of the atmosphere, the excitement. Yeah, I, I don't know. Is it the same for the NBA bubble? The atmosphere, excitement. I mean, it's different. It's the same but different. You've got the intimacy of that set up in the NBA, you've got the digital fans, and that's that's neat. I like that. I like what WWE is doing as well with what their Thunder don't. What, what do they call that? I've seen the promos. I'm going to admit to you, I haven't watched Monday Night Raw in a long time, and I know they're doing the digital representation of fans. You walk in and you get all the monitors, which I think, hey, you know what? If you've got it in an enclosed space and you've got – the money and you got the production value, it's better than cardboard fans, really. For that setup, it's way better than cardboard fans. And I'd rather have that than the video game fans on Fox. 
Thankfully, I haven't seen it in the NFL, so I are even doing it for NFL. I didn't watch any Fox games this weekend. I was watching Red Zone Channel. So technically, I was watching Fox games, but I was watching Red Zone Channel. And let me tell you, when you don't have a game, Red Zone Channel, you know this. If you don't, I'm telling you now. Red Zone Channel was my lifeline. I watch, I've watched it two straight weeks because I watched the Bengals, and then I needed some game. I need a game. So, okay, let's go. Let's go Red Zone. And I got everything I possibly needed because, really, because I had Thursday with the Bengals, and I, so I needed a game. So I watched Red Zone. And with the Bengals playing later on the first Sunday, I watched the early stuff on the Red Zone again. For some reason, DirecTV has gifted me Sunday ticket. I'm not saying that to rub it in your face. I'm not, I'm not bragging here. I'm not flexing. I'm just surprised. I think they did that for a lot of people because they, they knew that TV would be more important because you're not going to see as many fans in some stadiums. You're not going to see fans at all. So I've taken advantage of it. and I think the NFL so far, it, it feels like, now, I hate the I hate the piped in music and the, the piped in sound. Now I know you gotta have some of that to really mask the fact that it's gonna sound empty and I get that, I completely do, but at the same time I think they're overdoing it. I really don't need it. Baseball's got a good mix. I don't know what baseball's doing that football can't be doing. Baseball seems to have really have gotten it right. Or at least I haven't noticed, or they're mixing it better when I do listen. And speaking of baseball, we've got the Braves and the Dodgers clinching the divisions. They joined the Athletics, which did it Monday night, as the first teams to win the division so far. The Cubs, they are going to be a postseason team. They lose to the Pirates, but yet they are going to be in the postseason. So they punched their ticket to the postseason with the Brewers' win over the Reds and the Phillies' loss in the first game of their doubleheader. The Indians are going. They clinched the postseason berth with their 5-3 win against the White Sox. So we have got, of course, baseball expanded playoffs. I'm still trying to get used to this. It's going to be such a long playoff season. All I know is... um, the Reds are in, the Cubs are in, the Indians are in, or at least the Reds are going to be in. It feels like that. And then, of course, if you were watching NBA last night, the Nuggets avoid the uh, 3 nothing deficit. They get off to a really hot start. They hold off the Lakers. The Lakers did push. And the Nuggets avoid going down 3 nothing. and all of a sudden we might have a series here. And, of course... The Lakers did come back. So if you're a Lakers fan, you know, bad start. Maybe, just maybe, it's going to go a few extra rounds. That's not good for LeBron. LeBron's not looking like LeBron of old. LeBron's starting to show his age. Is that fair to say? I mean, just LeBron does not look like he is invincible. I know he's probably better than 90% of everyone on the floor at any given time. In the league, 95%, maybe he's in that upper percentile. I mean, he's going to go down as one of the greatest of all time, but still, he's starting to look a l- 
look a little bit like his age out there. But yet the Lakers, they did push. They did push, and um, they made it a game, unfortunately, for them. Denver makes it a game, makes it a series. When we continue from break, we are going to give you an opportunity to hear our conversation with Alex Millette. He sat down and spoke to the media this week. Of course, we don't have a game to talk about, so instead, Alex joined us. Uh, we'll talk about some various topics with him, so you'll get an opportunity to really hear you know, what those conversations sound like when we come back from break here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We've got another cancellation in Conference USA. Uh, We mentioned earlier that the Houston-North Texas game has been canceled. Well, Brett McMurphy tweeting out just a few minutes ago, and it's a smart thing for me to always check Brett McMurphy during every— I should just have Brett McMurphy's Twitter feed up during the show. I'll just scroll it because it updates constantly. Apparently, Saturday's USF at Florida Atlantic game has been postponed because of USF's COVID issues. So, no game there. So, add that on top of the games we've lost, including Houston and North Texas. It's as if COVID-19 is still contagious. This thing is not going away. And teams are trying their very best. And I would have thought that a team like... Let me... me, The protocols should work if... If everyone's adhering to them, I mean, you're still going to have that risk. And I'm not telling you that outside of being in a bubble, you know, you're not going to get it. I mean, there's still going to be that opportunity here, but you're going to have to have commitment from players. You're going to have to have commitment from coaches. You're going to have to have commitment from everyone surrounding these teams. And you would hope that the protocols would work. Why has Marshall been successful so far? Testing. Testing for sure, protocols. You don't get near these players, especially on game day. I mean, media, you know, we don't get anywhere near the coaches or players. Uh, if you're not in the protocol, you're not going to be in the shoey. You're not going to be anywhere near this. Uh, you're going to have to adhere to the mask. You're going to have to you know, do the right things. And if you're on the team, you know that you've got to do the right things when it comes to how you – interact outside of being in the football complex. And the other team, it's still a wild card because you're hoping. I mean, you were hoping that Appalachian State would not be able, you know, you would be able to come in. You were hoping they wouldn't contract COVID-19. You were hoping that EKU, everybody's got to go through the same testing protocols. And, of course, with Marshall and Conference USA standard, basically, once you get in Conference USA, you know that everyone has agreed uh, institutionally to the same standard. And, of course, Appalachian State agreeing to the standard in which Marshall has committed to. And if you are South Florida, what's the deal here? You know, I mean, Notre Dame? You're playing Notre Dame. You would hope that Notre Dame would have it right. So now you don't have a game. So second conference game canceled this week. So we don't have uh, a game with North Texas taking on Houston. Of course, again, out of conference, you got issues. And then 
you can't control really FAU and South Florida. It's um, a conference member out of a game because COVID-19 issues. There are some games going to be played in Conference USA. I've just got to uh, edit my I got to edit my notes a little bit because I've got some things on each game. We'll talk about it a little bit later on, but uh, something I did want to do here on this Wednesday. Since again, we've got three weeks to do this show and not really have an opponent to prepare for and to tell you about. So at this point, every day we're talking about getting ready for a game in three weeks. Not. Not the most fun, not the most fun daily show to do, just waiting to talk about a game in three weeks. But the opportunity to talk to some of these kids at Marshall, that's one of the pluses here. And one guy that we had a chance to catch up as a group of the media, uh, Alex Millette, and he's always good to talk about. And you know, he, in this first statement, Chuck Landon asked this question just about the fact that You've never been in a season like this where it's crazy. It changes every week, and you just got to wait. I mean, you got to wait. It, it changes. You could be playing in a, a team one week and not the you know, not. Then you might have a different opponent. It's so crazy right now, and Alex handling it pretty well. And uh, here's uh, our conversation with Alex Millette from earlier this week. I think the only way is like. Really, our coaches just do a great job of like knowing when to give us off time and when to, you know, make us practice because, you know, right now we're in the position where we might not play till October 10th and like we don't know what's going on or anything. So um, I think Doc and, you know, for our side of the ball, Cramsey and Greg for me or Coach Atkins um, do a really good job of keeping us locked in. Um, studying film, you know, even if we have to go to last year's film to study something or camp practices, you know, just uh, evolving as a player, um, evolving us as a unit, you know, just trying to make us better and not just letting this time go to waste. It's such, I mean, everything has been so strange this whole season, every bit of it with all the protocols and all the tests you get. Now you throw this into it where you don't even know exactly win the next game but you know you got western kentucky but you don't know what the next two weeks may hold it just it's just like an unbelievable every time you think it can't get a little stranger and odder it gets stranger and odder yeah honestly um it's it's almost normal at this point you know <laughs> something something getting thrown at us again i don't think any of us have flinched and i honestly think it's made us a like more locked in closer team Everything we've gone through since March, you know, whether we're not knowing if we're going to play or, you know, like people testing positive, you know, not being able to practice a day because something's happening, you know, it's just like every single day it was something new from March until now. And uh, I think the position that we're in now, it's just like normal. It feels normal that we're just, you know, something's going to change every single day and we just have to get used to it, I guess. Thanks, Alex. You look at this win on Saturday and, and you went up against an Appalachian State team that that all the talk was surrounding their offensive line and, and what they had done against Charlotte did did you all sort of take that on the chin and say hey we're going to show that we're the best offensive line in this game um that was mentioned to us and um and I knew and I've heard about those guys and they're good they're a good offensive line but um I think the dynamic of our offensive line um you know, with the coaches that we've had, 
and they've always taught us Mirabal and Coach Atkins have always taught us, you know, to play with a chip on your shoulder and, you know, and no matter who you're up against and like we weren't just trying to prove to them, we're trying to prove to the whole country that, you know, we're like we're one of the great offensive lines and that not just us though. I mean, one like we got a freshman back there spinning it. We got we got freshmen and sophomores outside and we got senior tight ends and stuff. We just like as an offense, you know, we wanna we wanna show to even past uh Marshall teams that this is a uh this is just a really good offense and we're really close and uh we're just a close net group and that we're here to stay, honestly. Alex, you said at the beginning of this call that this was the most exciting moment, uh, you know, finding out you're a top 25 team, top 25 team. Where does this stack up for you in terms of that news and winning a bowl game? Um, obviously, this is the like beginning of a season. It's we've only played two games, so it's like I can't really like get my hopes up too much. But um, this is something that hasn't happened since I've been here. Uh, Last time we were ranked was 2014. And, you know, if you look back then, that was an amazing team. Um, and we always talk about it, and it was kind of like, you know, that was the standard that was always set for us. And I think coming into the season, a lot of the seniors have been like, because we got here in 2016, and a lot of seniors were like, look, like, let's make a new standard. And, um, being able to be ranked, I think it was more exciting than bowl games just because um, something that hasn't happened in my career yet, I think. Bowl games uh, are always the most fun of the, like the most fun time of the year. But as far as like accomplishments throughout my career as a team, I think this is probably the most exciting. Alex, hey. you look at the, the um the dynamic here and what's going on with this season too. You mentioned the senior laden offensive line that's leading this thing. Is it almost scary that you all can sit here and say, Hey, we can come back next year once this is said and done in 2020 and do this all again too. Um, all the seniors right now are talking about it and just kind of figuring out what we're going to do. Yeah. We're kind of like, you know, this thing would be awesome, but, you know, we all got to talk after the season and see what's best for our careers. Honestly, we don't know. I don't, we all kind of um, told each other and told our coaches that, you know, that's a decision that we're going to make after the season. We don't want it to affect this season. And we want to just go out and make the most of a coronavirus season. Hey, Alex. How, how much do you think that the juice from a win as significant as the one you had Saturday will be able to carry you over, especially if you're going to have a three-week hiatus and not be able to play until October 10th? How much do you think winning a game like that is going to kind of keep your guys' energy up for a extended period of time? I think I think that does – like, I think a game like that will always keep your morale high. But um, – I don't think that we can ride that high for too long because I think that if we keep on focusing on how we beat Appalachian State, there's some good Conference USA teams that will come up and sneak up on us. So we have to kind of look forward to next week. And we have a lot of guys on our team that are uh, 
definite characters and can bring uh, a lot of, lot of juice to games, no matter when the situation. It could be a random Monday night at Monday night practice or a random workout, and we'll be jumping around and dancing to songs, and it'll just be random. Alex, I don't mean this as a slight to any other CUSA program, but it, you mentioned that juice and uh, bringing your own juice to the field. Do you feel like going to some of these other CUSA stadiums that, you know, in the past haven't had crowds and you all have had to bring your own juice? Do you think that that helps you in a, a season like this where, you know, crowds are limited and, and the energy isn't what it once was? Yeah, I mean – it's kind of hard because, you know, one week you could be playing at a – one week you could be playing at somewhere like we had last week, which was, you know, we had, what, 12,500 people? And that place sounded like it was full. Like that was that was an amazing crowd. They stayed the whole game. It was, it was awesome. And um, we go from that atmosphere one week to uh, a stadium that's not allowing people at, at the stadium at all. So – I mean, I think we just got to, like we have in the past, just have to do a good job kind of bringing our own juice. And um, um, whether it's in front of zero fans or 12,000 or a full stadium, we just have to, you know, play with the juice that we bring, not, uh, not uh, relying on the fans that are there. Have you noticed that maybe there are some guys bringing some juice that previously maybe didn't show it on the field. Brendan Knox gets that first down on the first drive. He's all fired up. Grant scores on the keeper. He's jumping up and down. Um, you know, are there some guys bringing some juice that maybe you hadn't seen previously? Um, we got a lot of guys that are, are getting more comfortable. Um, I, yeah, I do see it a lot, and it, it really excites me, honestly. It's really cool to see. You know, Grant Wells is one of my good friends. He's a good kid. And and to see him being a little goofball on the field is awesome. And, you know, as uh, Jason said, I heard when I walked in here, Sheldon's a two-time captain. No one has earned it on this on this team more than him. He stepped up in a role that, that our team needed. And um, he's really, really taken over um, the, the – he's our voice right now of the team. He, he gets up in front of us every single day and tells us what we need to hear, not what we want to hear. And um, he's a guy that I'm that I have seen because he came in one class after me. I've seen him transform into a leader, and he's the one that excites me the most because he's getting more comfortable and he's playing with a passion that uh, I haven't seen before. And I think that a lot of people talking about our offense are following suit. Um, that's why you see, you know, Knox is getting all pumped up. You see, uh, you see Grant getting all pumped up. You see our receivers, you know, like it's a, like you'll get a first down in our freaking offensive line. Like all five of us will just get, be jumping up and down just so pumped because we knew we earned every single yard of it. It's just like, we're playing with a, a swagger, I guess, because we're, because we love every single person that we're playing with. Like we, I can say this for the first time since I've been here that we're all, like we're all close knit brothers. Sounds like it's kind of one of those things. Some of these guys are coming out of their shells. You guys have on that line seen it all, done it all. You've been here for a while. You're seeing, starting to see the younger guys 
finally uh, get comfortable, like you said, come out of their shells. Yeah, definitely one of those things. It's a, uh, and it's really cool to see. Like, uh, you know, I've always been the one doing the, uh, the coming out. Like, I've always been the one coming out of my shell because you know I've been playing since a freshman, and it's just been older guys leading us. And to be at the top of it, looking down and seeing all these guys coming up, it's uh, it's really, really cool to see, honestly. You've been in that locker room after some big wins. What was that atmosphere like this past Saturday? Um, <laughs> yeah, Rev was Rev was all pumped up, and I, and every time Rev's pumped up, we uh, we all follow suit. And uh, shortly after that, we were playing music, and every single person on our team was jumping up and down. Uh, water and stuff was being thrown everywhere, and you know everyone was just enjoying each other, and it was it was a really really cool atmosphere. It was really fun. Did Doc break out the dance moves in the locker room? I don't think he broke out a dance move, but he was he was <laughs> screaming and yelling. He was. Uh, he was smiling ear to ear for a long time. And you know, you got you definitely got to earn that one from Doc. Doc Holiday dance moves. I'm still waiting for that TikTok account to be a a part of the Marshall social media plan. Doc Holiday on TikTok. Come on. Make that happen. If Doc Holiday gets on TikTok, I'm downloading the app and I'm getting on TikTok. Until then, I'm not doing it. When we continue, we'll get your phone calls in 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. We have got more coming up. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, welcome back to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swanton. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, coming up tonight, we get the Doc Holiday Show. It's set for its normal time on a different night. Usually, you got that on Thursday. You got it tonight. You got it a little early, so there you go. You got a little midweek Doc Holiday. That's uh, not too bad for you Thundering Herd fans who can't get enough of Doc Holiday. You got some more coming up tonight right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So, some tough news coming out of Ohio State's athletic department. The department is going to implement layoffs, furloughs, and other cost-saving measures. They're trying to offset what they have projected to be a $107 million deficit due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So that announcement comes out this morning. However, Ohio State said it will not cut any of its sports programs maintaining its status as the largest athletic department in the nation. So on the one hand, people are losing jobs. On the other hand, they're not going to cut sports and they want to maintain their status. Also, they're going to keep intact as they announce all scholarship funding and other support services and resources in what they are estimating to be a $180 million budget. They also believe that permanent job cuts will eliminate 25 full-time athletic positions. They're not specifying what those positions are going to be. They have a conservative estimate of $73 million in revenue for the current fiscal year. So here's the problem. 
You don't want to see anyone lose their job. That goes without saying, but we say it anyway. We need to. You don't want to see anyone lose their job. If athletic departments weren't in such a, a race with each other, for one, you bring money in, you spend it. There's not a war chest. There's not savings here. Athletic departments are not saving money. Some athletic departments can't save money. Others can, you would think. But you're always churning that mo- money over. You're, you you got to have the biggest locker rooms. you got to have the, the biggest, best, brightest facilities. And I get that. You, know, you want to have you know, as good as facilities as you possibly can. But it seems like it's ongoing. It's constant. And... This might be just another sign that college athletics might need to do a course correction as far as making this a sustainable process. I mean, you you want to be able to sustain. You want to be able to sustain. That's it. You want to sustain what you've got. At the same time, you've got to take a serious look at what do you do, what do you offer, what can you cut? What can you streamline? What can you you think about? How do you handle your, your, your budget? What do you put your budget towards? What are you spending? Do you need do you need a sauna in the locker room? Do you need a whirlpool in the sauna? Do you, do you need that? Do you need every chair to be like a, a massage chair? Do you need that? Do you need a, a recliner, vibrator chair in your locker room? Do you need that? Instead of those 25 OLED screens, and can you get away with 20 maybe in, in your locker room? Think about it. Some of the things you – and, of course, you want the kids. You, you, want, you want to spend on the kids. I don't get that. But, boy, the football locker room in Alabama is probably nicer than the, the locker room for some of the other, other programs. I, I would say, without seeing it, I, I'm sure those are nice too, but – the football locker room is probably much nicer. And, of course, you want, to, you want to make sure all your student athletes are taken care of, and I get that and completely. And you want to have the best facilities you possibly can get. And, again, I completely get that. But there's no war chest here. There's no savings. There's, there's spending. You mean to tell me with all the money Ohio State has made over the years, they couldn't squirrel some of that back just for a rainy day? You mean to tell me that they couldn't have – Budgeted a little bit better, and you know what? No, we we don't need you know, we don't need all this extravagant spending here. We don't need it. We can do without. You know what? Instead of real leather, you know maybe we can get away with maybe fake leather. And I know I'm exaggerating, but still, you know, without going line by line looking at all the budgets here, and you know, I can't make that decision. I can't make that judgment. I don't have the budget here, and you know I can't tell. Ohio State or any other university, hey, here's what you shouldn't be spending your money on. But we're in a situation where we're seeing what some of the the problems are here and the way athletic departments are spending. And I'm not saying this is um, something that needs to be uniform across college football because, well, that's never going to happen. But if you're going to have to cut back, maybe at the same time you look at what you've been spending your money on and and what you maybe can live without or what is sort of excessive. I mean, seriously, what is excessive? What is not excessive? 
I mean, where do you put the resources? You put the resources in facilities? Yeah, okay, facilities are important. You know, do you put the resources in scholarships? Those are important too. You know, where else do you put the resources? I mean, you're spending a lot of money. I mean, coaches, the highest state employee is probably the coach. Name your state, the highest state employee is probably the coach. And it's probably, unless it's a basketball crazy town, the highest state employee is probably the football coach. And it's gotten crazy because you've had to you've had to spend more money. And if you spend all this money and you don't get results within a couple of years, then you get, you get rid of that person and you bring in another one. It's more vicious than it is in the NBA, by the way. Uh, Billy Donovan going to be the head coach of the Chicago Bulls while I'm thinking about it. How about that? That's uh, that's something right there. Billy Donovan, that guy, has been a winner wherever he's went, and now he's going to go to the Bulls. I hope that continues for him. But it's interesting to see where the money goes, and it would not. It would be really nice to see breakdown of where these expenditures are. What some universities are spending on because there are other universities and again it's not it's not like the NFL where we got revenue sharing that doesn't exist in college football it's completely different here uh, it's completely different in the NFL except if you're Jerry Jones you live in your own world but other than that you know you got this revenue sharing going on here in the NFL and of course they're they're making money hand over fist there they're loving it but in college athletics you have your haves and your have nots and of course if You've got a hundred thousand fans showing up on game day, and you can you can sell out like that. Yes, reap the rewards, my friend. Reap the rewards. At, at the same time, it feels like this is going to be a good opportunity to course correct when it comes to budgets. You don't want anyone to lose their their job. You don't. But unfortunately, it's happening, and athletic departments are going to have to realize. What do you need to prioritize or what do you need to spend your money on? Can you save? And right now you're you're trying to save as much as you can and, and not spend as much as you know you usually do. You're you're trying to put yourself in that shell. You're you're on battery saver mode as an athletic department. Hundred and seven million dollars. And think of it. If you, you save just a little bit of that or you budgeted better and you, you went, okay, we've got to have some something back just in case. we got to be able to have something that's going to be there just in case we hit a bump in the road. Because for a lot of these schools, they're not used to this. It just printed money. It just made money. And, of course, Ohio State, they employ – as an institution, they employ a lot of people. I mean, athletic department, permanent jobs, uh, 25 full-time jobs, layoffs, furloughs. I'd like to see a breakdown of where those layoffs and furloughs are coming. Is it going to be football? Is it going to be basketball? Is it going to be the other sports? I'd love to see uh, where the furloughs are actually coming. We wrap it up when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're back on a regular schedule this week with the Cincinnati Bengals. 
facing off against the Eagles. Week three. Winless teams. Somebody's got to win this one, unless it ends in a tie. Of course, you have got Carson Wentz posting a 28.1 total QBR this season, second worst in the NFL. I feel good. I feel good about this. The Bengals are going to win this one. This will be Joe Burrow's first win against a team in the NFL, and it will come against the Eagles. I'm looking forward to it, and it's coming up this Sunday. We'll have it for you right here at ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Coming up later tonight, we've got the Doc Holiday call-in show. Uh, let me rephrase that. It's not the call-in show anymore. Old all habits die hard. I, I I understand, but you can get your questions in. Steve Cotton gives you an opportunity to do that every week, and of course, uh, follow him on Twitter. Herd Cotton. That's the best way to follow along with the voice of the herd, Steve Cotton. And of course, keep up with everything that's happening. So we've got the call-in show. No more. Right, again, old habits die hard. Doc Holiday show coming up tonight. We'll have it for you. ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Hey, at least I didn't uh I didn't call the Washington Football Club by their former name. At least I didn't do that. That happened. Yeah, that happened over the weekend. I didn't really touch on it because I just kind of felt I mean, I just like felt bad. Like really? I mean, you bring out one of the um I guess one of the greats, you bring out one of the greats in football. Seriously. You bring out, for your game, Dick Stockton. Dick Stockton. And he's 77. And he comes out and he does the game. And, of course, like we all do here in broadcasting, you know, we make mistakes. And he was calling Washington football team by their former name. And he got dinged on it for a lot on Twitter. You know what? The guy's 77. Come on. Cut him some slack. Thanks for listening. I do appreciate it. Uh, We'll be back better than ever, hopefully, tomorrow here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Don't forget, coming up later tonight, the Doc Holiday Show, a Wednesday edition right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.